very good evening and welcome to episode four. Episode four, yeah. Episode four of the Greater <laughs> Western Queensland Racing News Podcast. Andrew, what's with you here? And joined as always by Max Tanks. Now, the curly one to start the day. What song puts you in the mood? Now, this is the mood, not that mood, but the mood to be focused <laughs> for race day or, or for anything in particular. What gets you focused? Freestyler. Freestyler, old classic. Good, good pipe-up song. It is. I it remember, certainly um, is. Oh, the old footy trips back in, in high school, it used to be blasting on the bus, I think, yeah. probably last 20 minutes before we got to the footy. So that's the old hype-up song. Even, even still now, it works. Oh, it still works, yeah. Yeah, good job. What about you? <laughs> uh, Brooke Richardson joins us. Good evening. Good evening. Um, I'm probably going to have to go with Welcome to the Jungle, Guns and Roses. Oh. It just gets me every time. I love it. Really? I'm, I'm going, this is probably a little bit embarrassing. I'm going through a K- Katy Perry stage at the moment. What do you mean a Katy Perry stage? You've always been a big fan of Katy. <laughs> or, or, is it music or is it a nice blue eyes? What's it? Oh, she's got beautiful blue eyes, but uh, no, I don't know what it is. There you go. Put myself in it straight away. It was oftentimes at the RSL you'd hear Katy Perry blasting yeah. out of the kitchen. <laughs> It's a bit odd, isn't it? <laughs> so you've got a little baby, his little baby girl now. Oh, my dad's favourite's Katy Perry, actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it'll go down well. Okay, uh, racing return to the Central Warrego Race Club. Charleville for five races on Saturday. And uh, on the training on us went to Mark Johnson Maxi with a double. We'll talk to him a little later on in the program. He bookended it with Toco Dura and a pretty up impressive up and comer in the name of Prince Planet. Yeah, Toco Dura is very consistent. Um, a really good fresh horse, and um, it looks like he's come back in great order, taking his record to um, three wins first up from five attempts with a second in there as well. And um, Brooke, before we have a look at the other results, Charles can be a funny track, can't it, um, uh, in, historically? But watching the footage there from Saturday, the margins didn't seem to be as big as usual. Yeah, that's for sure. I think every time you go to um, Charleville, you're not 100% sure how the surface is going to play out. There's normally, like you've pointed out, a big margin. But um, this time round, I think it was like a pretty even playing field. It, was, it raced very fairly and... Um, yeah, there's a few horses there that I think are just sand track horses through and through. I know Toco loves Charleville, so um, I wasn't surprised there, but it was a good day. Riding on us were with Dan McGilvray. He rode Toco Duro, and the second leg of his winning double came up in race four for his boss, Craig Smith, and that was hocked, uh, Max. Yeah, he's uh, broke a string of placings. Um, only just sort of been getting beat. Um, last few starts, I think uh, three of his last four were seconds before taking the win, so a well-deserved breakthrough. And, Brooke, there was a good... Um, there was quite a few jockeys uh, there on Saturday. A uh, fair few girls as well. Alicia, uh, Anna Bacos, yourself, Hannah Phillips and Zoe White uh, were joined by Dan McGilvray, Paulie Randall, uh, Dave Rewald, and also uh, John Rudd. Yeah, there wasn't a shortage of jockeys, that's for sure, which was um, fantastic to see. Zoe White made a big trip. I was actually really um, surprised to see her names in the field, but uh, I think she made a trip worthwhile. Um, yeah, it's good to see that uh, we're not struggling for jockeys uh, at this stage just yet. The fields weren't massive either, but, um, yeah, it's looking good so far. Race two was won by Bartos Beckerwin and uh, Zoe White, dominant over Old Town Road, three lengths and Sky Touch in third, Max. Yeah, a 
uh, interesting to note as well was uh, considerably faster than the benchmark 60 on the day. Uh, so it might be a, a form race to follow there. Class B was won by Leica Special. Uh, Pat Webster and uh, the one and only Brooke Richardson combined there. Brooke, a pretty impressive win on the $2.20 favourite. Yeah, 100%. I think this horse um, goes all right. It's got plenty of guts about it. It's a speedy horse. And I don't think you see often horses coming across from a wide gate like that at Charleville and uh, burning the candle at both ends. The horse crossed them quite easily and um, was front-running and finished off really well and still won them by, won by a considerable margin. And the horse performed really well last start at Roma also. So... Um, yeah, can't fault the horse. It, it's uh, pretty handy. Good trainer, Pat Webster, as well. Brooke, have you uh, ridden for him much previously? Yeah, actually, uh, a while, a fair while ago now when I was an apprentice, um, I went um, indentured to Pat Webster at St George. I spent some time there riding for him. And yeah. there was a little horse I rode um, at Charleville called Connection having her first start, and I actually won a race for Pat um, with her with its mother, Olympia's Flame. So oh, there you go. There's a bit of history all over the place. <laughs> yeah, there is. I think that was the first time I'd teamed up again with Pat Webster since um, I'd been apprenticed to him. So it was good to get get a winner for him. Uh, Maxie, anything jumping off the page there from Charleville on Saturday? Uh, well, reading through the stewards report, is interesting to note that Brooke must have been on better behaviour than at Emerald because she didn't get in trouble for a uh, <laughs> potty <laughs> mouth. <laughs> oh, Brooke. Um, yeah, he did. Um, what happened there? Oh, look, I think sometimes in a race, things happen in a split second. It's heat of the moment. You come back in, your adrenaline's pumping, you've got thoughts running through your head. There was an incident between a couple of jockeys uh, with a little bit of interference in the race. I was actually conversating um, with a fellow jockey. I wasn't actually having a go at anyone or pointing any fingers. I was just in general conversation, and I let the F-bomb fly. And... Um, yeah, she wasn't on. It was, <laughs> I was the, in trouble. One of the best I ever heard were, I won't name the jockeys, at Aramac one year. It was an <laughs> absolute ripper. <laughs> the girls were into it. <laughs> well, Brooke, you did say you, you might... There, Brooke. Brooke, you did say you might need a tongue tie, so maybe, <laughs> maybe you should have taken a bit of note for that before we stepped out of there. Oh, them. God, look, yeah. Can't say my gear change wasn't suited, but anyway. <laughs> Maxie, tonight's topic. Yeah, so top five today. Uh, I thought... Obviously, uh, everyone's got their own set of racing silks and they mean so much to each individual, but I thought five, top five racing silks that have, have captured you as an individual. So uh, we'll kick off a few today, Brooke. The first one's probably a personal one. I'd have to say my all-time favourite colours, my father's colours that he is currently in his name now that he's training with. They're the um, Cerise uh, Blue and Pink and they those colours were actually my grandfather's colours when he was training, so... Yeah. Hopefully they continue down the line in time to come, um, but they're still going strong. We actually still race in the originals. We only got this year uh, like a new set. Oh, wow. Um, so that's my all-time favourite. My it, second it, one, I went with Maccabi Diva. Yep. Her colours, the white and red checks with the blue. Um, we can't forget a horse that's won yep. three Melbourne Cups. I think them colours are just going to be in everyone's head forever. First female jockey to win a Melbourne Cup, Michelle Payne. White and purple checks, green sleeves. I think they're going to be um, colours that are remembered forever. Um, yep. And even once another female wins the Melbourne Cup, they're still going to be the favourite because they were the first. Uh, Black Caviar, I just think they hold a great story, not only for the horse, being an absolute champion 
uh, was named the world champion 2010, 11, 12 and 13 as a sprinter, undefeated. And it holds a story with Peter Moody, a man from the bush. Um, I just think those colours are going to be something that people hold on to and they have a story behind them that are not just, not just the horse. And also, uh, I didn't get to five, but uh, four, Linda Huddy, the yellow and maroon diagonal stripes with the white sleeves. Yeah, just the story behind that. Also, I'm pretty sure from uh, off the top of my head, Linda Huddy, people like Bart Cummings, the first horse she ever purchased was for $15,000, and that was actually happened to become the horse called Shootout, and he won three group ones, and now she's gone on to have a stud and brood mares and continued to be um, breeding horses, and her colours are seen at a wide variety of tracks, and I just think you, you do see them pop up everywhere and on some handy horses. Never too. doubt yourself with the topic again, Brooke. You nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Maxi, go. Yeah, so uh, I've gone number five, um, the the current family colours of Fab's Cowboy. I think yep. they're pr- pretty um, sim- symbolic in country racing. Uh, if you see them, you automatically think of Fab's Cowboy. I automatically think of Paul Curran, seven times longest <laughs> cricketer of the year. <laughs> Shout out to Paul, I'm sure he's listening. Um, number four, I thought this one's a pretty symbolic for, for Queenslanders. So the Heathcote heath colours of yep. buffering... Uh, and then obviously we changed to pink for Rothfire, and Rothfire was going to be carrying that Queensland flag for yep. what we thought was going to be years to come, and hopefully he's returning. Um, I know he's up, up back in Queensland now, and um, hopefully makes a good return to the track. Uh, number three would be the Cerise and Pink of Oats Watts for Racing, who yes. happened to be the colours on the Jeez, first wheel. I left it out of my list. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two was Black Caviar. Um, you know, for all the reasons Brooke said, she she captured a nation. Um, and number one would be the magic bloodstock colours of Winx. Ooh. So I think, obviously, if you compare the two, Winx was in a time where social media yep. was a lot more prevalent. So you're obviously able to, you know, push that out. But when you look around and you see in the crowd, you see kids wearing, you know, the yep. magic bloodstock silks with their little hats and that sort of thing. Yep. You can just see just the way it engripped a nation. Okay, Number five for me is the Run Casper Run colours for Tanya Parry. I love they're my favourite colours to call. They're the ones oh, you always yeah. remember. Yeah, yeah, that, and just with the I think they're great colours. Yeah. I just love them. Uh, second, uh, fourth on the list is definitely the Winx colours. Um, for all the same reasons, she, she was um, as rain starts to drizzle out here in, in Longreach. Um, you know, they they marketed her so well, and as you said, that brand is out there now. I love the red, white, and blue colours of Boy Foster. Yeah. Oh no, the, the yeah. tricolours. Yeah, I'm not even a South, uh, uh, Roosters fan, but I don't know. This I just love them. They're smart. Uh, the Godolphin Blue uh, races all around the world. Yep. Um, it was formerly Darley, and they used to wear the maroon with the white, and then they changed to the Godolphin, the national or the international brand. And number one, Black Caviar. They retired those colours with her as well, and they they made this similar pattern with the for green the, dots yeah, for, for the, the for the, the progeny. But um, Black Caviar. Um, Undefeated, 25 runs. Aren't we lucky, though, in our era we've seen a horse win three Melbourne Cups, um, Black Caviar, and also Winx. What what those three horses have done in the space of 20 years is just incredible. And I suppose the fact that they all came one after the other as well. There was, yep. you know, there, w- there was never that gap that we sort of found now where we didn't have a, a, a champion that everyone could follow. Yeah, that's right. Next topic, Maxie. I think, uh, what have we got now? Oh, yes, yeah, so... 
McKinlay Cup uh, this year has dropped back to 1,500 metres, and, and that's going to be the final of the Outback Showcase Racing Series. Uh, I think it's a terrific series. You've obviously got um, all the races that are across the north. Because you've got a horse going West. for it. Hopefully two horses going for it. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do think it's a great series. Yeah, Obviously, a series. Um, you know, you've got a bit of boosted prize money around it. You've got a, you've got a final um, in Captures Racing in the Central West and the Northwest uh, with heats across. I think it's Longreach, Barkey, um, Mount Isa, Aramac. Um, yep. And there's another one up north Tambo. that I'm forgetting as well. Tambo's got one. Yep. And it might be another yeah. North Hewenden or something like that, yep. maybe. Yeah. But with. McKinley Cup dropping back from the 1,800 to the 1,500 metres this year. I, I'm wondering, is it because people aren't buying, you know, the horses that can go that plus anymore? Or is it because, you know, it, you're expecting more horses to nominate for the 1,500 metres to promote the turnover? And, you know, you think about it across the board, there isn't as many mile races, especially in the lower grades. I mean, um, most of the time they're what, benchmark 60, benchmark 65s or an open handicap. Um, Class B coming up at Longreach. There is, which I think is a great initiative by the Longreach Jockey Club. Uh, you see it probably around Charters Towers. I think they've got a few more longer distance Class Bs. But, you know, it, I, it makes me wonder. I mean, you know, there's some horse, some races that we have around here that are the 1,800 metres. I mean, we've got Alpha Cup. Um, Tambo's got a couple of races. But should there be more? Should we be encouraging more of that sort of staying, I suppose, um, type of horse? Well, I'll swing to you first, Brooke. Because I'm, I'm sure that you talk to your dad when you, you buy horses. What, what are you looking for when you buy a horse? Are you, are you looking for that twelve, thirteen hundred, or in particular, or do you look for a cups horse? Or you know, what's the general feel when you're looking uh, on bloodstock auctions? Um, it seems to be uh, every time we've sort of looked at one, and um, dad's had people come forward and ask him to buy a horse for them, for him to train. Um, he sort of tends to look for something that does have a bit of stamina and probably does get out from the mile to about the 1,800 metres. Um, just for the fact that I think they're a bit tougher. Um, obviously, normally when horses are racing over that distance, they're probably in that right um, class bracket for out here. They're not going to come out here and just get dumped with a heap of weight, whereas you buy something that's working through its grades over the shorter distance, they come out here and, and they're carrying 60-odd kilos. Mm. Um, but it does also get hard to place them. Like we've pointed out, there probably isn't um, too many options when it comes to looking for a mile and onwards out here. Yeah. But I do find that it's it also could be could be a little bit hard to be consistent with in holding those races because we do have. I think Barky could do it. Longreach could do it. Uh, Alpha can, but Alpha only has their cup meeting, so it's not going to be. Um, programmed throughout the year sort of thing at main tracks like Barkey and Longreach. Um, I don't know about further regions out like Charters Towers and places like that that you pointed out, but would there be enough tracks um, to make it worthwhile hosting these longer races? Yeah, probably not. I mean, Um, and, and ultimately you see with our breeding, I mean, especially in Queensland, for instance, you breed for two and three year old racing because that's where the cutest money is. That's where the big prize money is, the Magic Millions and all the bells and whistles. But now... I think it's a great initiative that you've seen now Magic Williams go over two days and they have a proper... Because once upon a time, the stairs race was only 1,800. Yeah. Now they've pushed yeah. it out to 22. They've got the country cup. They've got all these little things. So they're slowly trying to entice people to probably look at breeding or buying yeah. for the mile. But um, generally speaking, though, it's always been for the 
for the younger racing and for the shorter racing. Yeah, and obviously, you know, when they introduced acutest money, that was, you know, I suppose across the op- open age group in the in the country racing as well, which was definitely a lot more helpful because by the time a lot of those horses get out here, unless they are um, homebred, which we don't find too many um, in the bush these days, you're not getting them at that two and three year old, so you are missing out a lot of that cutest money. Five races uh, on the home track this weekend. Brooke, uh, how's it looking, the grass track in the outback there at Barcaulden? Yeah, it's looking great. I think um, this is the most rain that the grass track's probably had since it's been since it's been around. Um, so I think it's been a pretty easy task to maintain it at this stage. Uh, rainwater, you can't beat it. It just works wonders. Um, nothing's been working on it. Uh, everything's worked on the training track. No one's on the grass. So it's had every opportunity to be the best that it can be. So I'll be looking forward to not getting dirt kicked in my face. <laughs> <laughs> uh, got a full book? I'm just missing the Class 6 plate. That's about it. Class 6 plate. Brooke Richardson, thanks very much for your time uh, tonight, and we'll see you trackside on Saturday. Awesome. Thanks so much. We'll go to a break and come back with Mark Johnson. Yes, back with the Greater Western Queensland Racing News, Max, and time for tonight's guest. Yeah, it is. Uh, He's fresh from a double at his home track of Charleville on the weekend. Mark Johnson, uh, how are you going? Good, mate, good. Uh, John, you've hit the ground running. And look, um, you you always do travel pretty well at your home track, but uh, you had two good winners and uh, two... Really good horses. Taco Dioro, who's been with you for three three seasons now and uh, almost manages to get a couple of wins in there. And Prince Planet, who franked that good run at Blackall last week, uh, atoned with a massive win and a track record. Yeah, mate, yeah, probably needed the run last week and we just, he jumped and hit the ground and, as you know, in Charlotte, it all helps some of you in front. Yeah, and, and I know talking to you, Barky, there, you're, you're pretty confident, oh, sorry, Blackall, you were pretty confident taking Prince, uh, Prince Planet across... Uh, a week ago, uh, definitely, obviously needed the run, and he's come out and absolutely blazed him on the weekend. Yeah, he's a good horse, mate. Um, I mean, his form in Darwin on the dirt up there was exceptional last year, and um, yeah, he was a good uh, pick up to the stable. So, got a few horses off Kelvin Hickmott this year, and they all seem to be going all right. So, no, hopefully a good year. In the maiden, mate, you started two. You had Sky Touch. Uh, beaten just a tick over three into third and orders who uh, ran sixth of six but only beaten uh, just touch under seven. Yeah, his run was pretty good, mate. He got back a long way and found the line. I know he didn't beat many home, but and Sky Touch got caught a little bit wide, so he'll back up in Barty this week. So In the B, mate, you had Wanted Miss who ran fourth, only beaten about four and a half, and Irish Spirit uh, didn't look to handle the charleville conditions. I I don't know what happened with him, mate. He's been working well, and uh, I think nearly 12 months off without a start, and I think he might have just needed the run to switch him on a little bit, and wanted miss, got back, and hit the line hard. Jesus, mate, do you even have three sets of colours? You <laughs> saddled up three in race four. Uh, Scold finishing second, Fonzia uh, sixth, and Sizzling Suzanne in seventh. Yeah, they were a bit disappointing, but um, <clears throat> Scaldy uh, sort of... Wealth coming out of the boxes a bit, and he come from last, so it was a good run first up on the dirt. So yeah, and we, doing better things for him hopefully. And we mentioned Prince Planet and High Cost finishing fifth in that race, also Maxie. Yeah, and uh, Mark, how many how many horses have you got in work now? 
13 at the moment, mate. 13, and uh, I know last year is probably, uh, you know, a hard year for everyone, and um, I know some of your favourite tracks, they were, um, you know, I suppose out of order for the year due to COVID, and you're getting the likes of Kunamala, Tambo, and Quilpie back this year, and you've got great records at all those. You must be excited. Yeah, mate, I think Kunamala's the best track in the bush. You know, it's a very even track, and everyone gets a go in Kunamala, so, yeah, be good to get there, and Tambo, and hometown of Augustella and out to Corpy and yeah, good to have it racing back the way it was. Mate, and I think we nailed a, a, a decent plunge there at Nirima as well a couple of years ago. We did, mate, yes. We'll go back again this year. Prince <laughs> um, Planet, he's going to Nirima for the Nirima Cup. Mate, uh, look, I know you hold down a full-time job as well. Um, having 13 in work uh, must be pretty tough. I'll get by, mate. Get up early, go to bed early. That's the secret. Yeah, Les Baker said you sleep at lunch. Is that right? Yeah, that's the guy, mate. He'd know, wouldn't he? <laughs> uh, well, Les can't throw stones, can he? No, not far anyway. <laughs> mate, uh, there was a horse that attracted a fair bit of attention last year, and I speak a whiskey apple, and he'd been through a stack of sets of hands, and you got him and you got the cash at Charleville. Actually won a couple with him there at Charleville. Is he going to go around again this year? Went and picked him up today out of the paddock, mate. So, yeah, he's, he's back in uh, his stall right now eating. And there's always a bit of uh, conjecture at the track there at Charleville. Um, and I, I speak of the, the winning margins of, uh, in some races, but they, apart from a couple of races yesterday, they seemed to be a bit tight. They tightened up the field margins, and it didn't seem to be the dust. No, well, track seemed to race pretty even. Like, I mean, most horses that are in front seem to win, where Taco, he come down the middle of the track and... I think a couple of the others were a couple off the fence, so times were good, so tracks seemed to play pretty fair, I think. And uh, obviously we saw one step out um, at Barky last year in the form of Rebel Rebellion. Um, he's been transferred, obviously, um, well, I suppose he went down to Ipswich and ran a really valiant third after that. Tell us about him. Are we going to see him step out again soon? Oh, not for a while, mate. He's having a knee operation on... Tuesday. He's probably the best horse I got, I think, but uh, that's the way it goes with the good ones, I suppose. And John, your training career, I remember early on um, running into you at, I think it was Augustella, and you had the Fred team there, and you got a whole heap of people into racing. Just give us a bit of your background, how, how you got into racing. No, I think uh, punting and alcohol, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I grew up in Augustella and around a few of the older blokes that had horses and got a few shares in a few. And then uh, me and my brother and my sister, we acquired a couple. And first horse I got was Cole Shot, and I think we won 17 races with him. He went 21 starts without missing a place. Wow. That, that's how easy is this? And, yeah, it's not that easy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good, mate. Now, jockeys is always a contentious issue around the southwest. Um are there any based in Charleville at the moment? No, only Ross and um, Ross Tilly. He's here. He rides a few. Yep. Uh, but, no, it's a bit of a hard thing. I've sort of teed up with Paul Randall a bit at the start of the season, so he's yep. going to ride for me for a while, and we'll see how we go from there. It was rumoured there was a, another comeback on the cards for Shuey. Can you confirm or deny? No, I don't know, mate. I was talking to him this morning, but he never mentioned that. No, I just I think I just made that up. <laughs> you wouldn't do that. <laughs> Racetrack rumours. What's that one fly around now? Yeah. Oh, 
<laughs> mate, where are you heading this week? You heading this weekend to Bark Alden? Taking four to Barky. Good on you, mate. Uh, Mark Johnson, thanks for your time, mate, and uh, big congratulations on your winning double uh, there on Saturday at Charleville. Right, thanks, man. And Max, that just about wraps up uh, episode four of the Greater Western Queensland Racing Podcast. Big weekend of country racing coming up. We'll run through those meetings now. Bar Calden, Bundaberg, Mariba, Murrumbah, Mount Isa, and uh, also provincial meetings at Rockhampton, as well as the Gold Coast. Mate, uh, it is really starting to step up now. Yeah, it is. It's starting to, um, I suppose, feel like, you know, I suppose the before COVID, isn't it? We've got meetings yep. across the board. Um, it's going to be a great day of racing, and I can't wait to return to the uh, grass track in the outback. As always, thanks to Brooke Richardson for her contributions. Mark Johnson, Max Tanks, and Andrew Watts signing out. Have a great week, and uh, good luck to everybody who's racing this weekend.